gentlemen, welcome back. Coming to you live from the Summerton Community Kailal of Summerton, Philadelphia. We continue over here with Or Yisrael. We're up to Michtav, Tes Zayin, Tesvav, and Strolux. Again, Tesvav, not Tesvav, Tesvav 15. And we're in the middle of the paragraph where Yisrael is telling us you got to do tshuva on the Noise and the Nasu, the actual act of the Aveira itself and the side effects of the Aveira. Every Aveira is prohibited in terms of the raw act that you did. And it creates a whole potpourri, unfortunately, of side effects within that it can like agitate and shake up all kinds of corruptions inside. And we gave examples yesterday about how you know being um, indifference in one place may cause indifference in another place, and you have to figure out <coughs> how to do tshuva. Well, Sir Bisol, yesterday we we read how he tells us to do tshuva on the noisele. He's talking about gezel. He's saying, pick something like Gezel, which everyone transgresses, the Gemara tells us, which we do routinely without even thinking about it. And um, you have to do Tshuva on the Aveira itself. <clears throat> and we gave two interpretations of what he means to do Tshuva on the act of Gezel, either he's talking about Sarchei Tzibor, or he's talking about uh, resensitizing myself to what I've been desensitized to, to see theft to what it really is. We gave a very nice muscle yesterday. None of us would ever just take um, brazenly we would never brazenly take money out of a pushka. We would never brazenly take money out of somebody's wallet. I, I think we never would do that. How could we do that? You've got to be like a lowlife to do such a thing. Yet, it's very easy to, you know, um, rationalize and justify things to us when it's gezel that's unclear, such as applications, filling out forms, um, filing for taxes, where, you know, okay, it's probably all right, and probably everyone does, and it's probably uh, understood, etc. To do tshuva over there is to visualize that you're really just opening someone else's wallet up and, and, and taking a, a $100 bill from someone's wallet. That's tshuva on the noise. What about tshuva on the nasu, on the side effects of gazos? So it says, that's what we're up to. Mitad nasu, when it comes to the side effects, ulai, Again, here's a Find someone, so it seems to be saying as follows. You want to do tshuva on the side effects. So what are the side effects of theft? As we said, the side effects of theft is that I become desensitized to others' other people's property, other people's plights. <clears throat> if I can just take money from someone, what, justifying, rationalizing it, that um, it's probably not a problem, so I become, again, desensitized to, to understanding the lines between mine and yours, my property and your property, and uh, that, that makes me numbed to appreciating how how um, seriously I have to I have to take your ownership and your property and how how um, sensitive and mindful I have to be of of uh, your personal property. So someone that's able again to do gazel in an inobtrusive way without realizing he's doing gazel will not be as quick to notify someone whose car headlights were left on. Will will because he's just desensitized to other people's property. Desensitized to other people's plight and personal suffering. So, how do you rectify that? How do you remedy that? That's the nasu, the side effects. You remedy that by finding someone that you can really care about. Finding someone that can stir up your emotions. Finding someone that you can 
really empathize with and you resonate with and you allow yourself to get into this place again where you can really take someone else's plight and suffering seriously and you, and you take it personally. I find someone out there that I can take care of and I daigazach about them as we say. I worry about them. I'm concerned about them. I try to assist them whether that's emotionally or financially but I give myself to them then I, I'm able to remedy and repair the damage that I did in terms of the side effects of the Avera, I'm able to now be sensitized and sensitive to my fellow Jews' pain, plight, and personal situation. Everyone has to figure out, again, the right way of doing tshuva, according to the Noise and the Nasu, the Avera, and the side effects of the Avera, everyone according to his, his, uh, you know, his, his standing, his, his makeup. The bottom line is everyone needs to do a little bit of self-examination, introspection, self-awareness. Everyone has to get in touch with what they are guilty of and the Aveira itself, A, and B, the side effects, what that's stirred up beneath the surface that I can get in touch with. How we can come into Rosh Hashanah with a approach for Aziva Sachet, for stopping to sin, stopping to do Averis. And this, as always, is Rabbi Yisrael's primary focus over here. This, this is what he is primarily concerned about. is Aziva Sachet, and nothing other than Aziva Sachet. This is what he wants us to do, is uh, change, transformation. Transformation. That's what Rabbi Yisrael wants from us, is to um, be different people. He wants us, it's just trying to shepherd me this fly, right? He wants us to change. He wants us to transform ourselves, not just to give God rhetoric and lip service and all kinds of pledges. All kinds of pledges that we're never going to keep, like the people that buy Elias on Rosh Hashanah, right? That's not what the Rebbein Shalom wants from us. Pledges that are just made, rhetoric, lip service that we're never going to think about after Rosh Hashanah is over. Real change, real transformation. Azivas hachet, that we're different people and that we got to figure out again. The noise and the nasu, the, the aver, the etzim aver that I'm routinely doing without realizing it, and the side effects. Because if one without the other is not going to work, because if, if I don't tackle the aver, I'm still doing aver, so there's no azivas hachet, even if I may identify the um, side effects. If I only tackle the aver and don't tackle the side effects, then all those corruptions within have already been corrupted. All the perversions have been perverted. All the areas of my my characteristics have already been, you know, messed up by the act of doing the Aver. So it's going to burst forth somewhere else. It's too much ritzutz, as we said. It's going to come out somewhere if I don't work on the Nasus. you got to work on both. This is Rabbi Sol's two-pronged approach, two-pronged attack to making sure that we're doing real tshuva, real tshuva, real tshuva is a plan. Make sure that we're not in the same place. So we've, we've done actual... Dynamic change. Says Rabbisol. And we get he's focused first and foremost on Gezel, which the Gemara says we're all guilty of. Um, <coughs> everyone's got to make a Chesha and Nefesh over there, according to the Noise and the Nasu, the act of the Avera and the side effects of the Avera. V'chein says Rabbisol Vaiter. Bishari Averis. Other Averis as well, outside of Gezel. Bittel Torah, which is more severe than everything else. 
which is taken more seriously and the Rebbein Shem has takes more umbrage with than any other Avera. Now, you know, he said Gezel, everyone does, and Gezel's Mekatrik Barash. Yes, Gezel, everyone's guilty of this, says the Gemara, to some degree. And that's the one that talks first. But in terms of the severity of the crime, <laughs> the Rebbein Shem looks at Bittal Torah with again, much more offense than all the other ones. So says if you saw, oh, you know, what are we going to do about Bittal Torah? We have to do Tshuva on Bittal Torah also. And Tshuva on Bittal Torah is not just clapping and not just feeling bad and not just a Kabbalah Asid, but it's asking ourselves a question, what's the guarantee that next year we're going to be in a different place? What's the guarantee that we're going to leave Rosh Hashanah with transformation, with change in the area of Bittal Torah? Says Rabbi Sol, Kamuvur B'Shari Tshuva B'Shem HaSefri Ayin He's just citing this Shari Tshuva as a source that Bittal Torah is more severe neglecting Torah study when you could be studying Torah. More severe than everything else. Again, on a personal level, what I have to worry about the most is the actions that I'm doing, where, where the, the actual the actions of Bittal Torah, and then also the side effects. Again, if you want to do tshuva on the act, I have to find out where I'm committing gross acts of Bittal Torah. Where's, my, where's the greatest Bittal Torah? Where's my greatest crime of neglect of Torah study? So we saw says something surprising, but very straightforward and very simple if we think about it. So we would ask ourselves, where am I guilty of Bittal Torah the most? We'd say, well... I have all these unfinished projects and plans. I was supposed to have already finished Shas four times by now, you know, in the last 18 months. I had all these plans that I made, and I was supposed to have gone through Vav Chelke Mishnabrura with Chazara, with all the deer shoes, and all these plans and projects. Look, I had it all mapped out. I had it all mapped out. And, we, you know, we, we go through Tekufas of inspiration and motivation. We say, okay, you know, I, I can go through Shas a few times. I can even go through Yushalmi. I can go through, I can be like Rav Chaim Kanievsky, maybe I won't do it in a year, maybe I'll do it in, you know, a year and a half, two years. And we map it out, and, and then we, we fail miserably. And we tend to measure our Bittal Torah by our failed projects, by our failure to keep to schedule, our failure to stay on track, stay on course, our failure to, uh, you know, this is the year I was going to go through Shneimer with Rashi and the Ramban and the Ibn Ezra. And I didn't get to do all the Ibn Ezra's. I didn't get to do every single one. So that's how we measure our failure of um, Bittal Torah. Bittal Torah is measured by our failure of um, what we really wanted to do. That's our measurable um, uh, our, uh, shortfall over here. Um, and if we would you know, establish the noise, the maisa aver, the etzim, bital hatayro, boiled down to, the action was, that's, that's what we're, we would tend to do. The Bisral gives a very blinding, but very clear, so clear that it's blinding, um, take on this. How do we measure bital tayro in terms of the noise, where we want to start doing tshuva on the maisa aver of bital tayro? He said, forget about your projects, forget about your dreams, forget about your plans. Just make a, 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 a din v'cheshun, take stack, 
of 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 your 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 week of your day, your daily schedule, and ask yourself, you know, what's my downtime that I have during the day, during the week? Erev Shabbos, Shabbos, Maitre Shabbos. Good during the week. We're very busy with work, with 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 Kailo, with all kinds of things going on. You know, I'm I'm so busy learning in Kailo all day long that I don't have time for for learning, right? Um, but but you know, we all have downtime. We all have dead time. We all have non-productive time that's just not being put to good use. And says Rabbi Yisrael, in with blinding clarity, that's where our Iker Bittol Torah is. Just time that's not being used productively. Forget about all your projects. Those, there, there, there's time for that. And forget about all the unfinished business. Forget about all the things you wanted to write down. Forget about all the chazars that you wanted to do. Where's your Iker Bittol Torah that you got to do tshuva on is the downtime, the dead time, the non-productive time. We're just doing silly things. Silly things. We're not using our time pr- productively and properly. That is Bittal Torah de Araisa with the Chamuri Chamuris of, of, of the Rebbeinu and Shari Tshuva, how severe and, 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 and how difficult it is to have to answer for that. You want to know where to focus on doing Tshuva in terms of the Maizavir, in terms of Bittal Torah, look at the Naisei, the act and the act of Bittal Torah, the most glaring place where we find ourselves in the action of Bittal Torah is where we really don't have any good reason not to be learning downtime, dead time, non-productive time. And Rabbi Saul's example that he throws out to his Talmidim over here is Shabbos. He starts with the Shabbos. Kamei B'Shabbos, etc. It means Shabbos, Moise Shabbos, Shabbos morning, Friday night, Lafiyah Matzav Eis or any other time that I have, find, have time on my hands. Ha'aynish Yoyser Gadol. You're going to have to make a Din V'Cheshen. You have to be accountable much more for the Bittu that's happening when you have nothing else really to do, when you're, when you're just non-productive, wasted time, downtime and dead time, that's not being converted to productive Torah time, is chas shalom going to be something that we're going to be held much more accountable for than the Torah that I didn't learn when I was famatered, when I was distracted, when I was busy, when I was doing carpools and, and shopping and, you know, etc. All the other things that we have on our... our, our uh, you know, to-do list of our daily grinds over here. Yeah, so, <clears throat> no, may, <clears throat> maybe if I would have chapped in another, created another two hours in my day, I could have taken a shot several times by now. But that's not the Iker Bittu Maybe you don't have two hours in your day, but you do have 15 minutes right here, right here, 15 minutes. When you finish this before you start that, that you're just like not doing anything. You're just doing silly things. You're just checking, you know, exactly, exactly. You're swiping and, and swiping and checking and non-productive things on non-productive devices that pull you into non-productive black holes. That's the Iker place to do the tshuva on Bilta Torah. And, and, and that's something that everyone can answer for. And, um, you know, it's interesting that anecdotally we know that Yusuf will tell Balabatim. It's Mamish lifted. He's Lashitasa over here. What he writes in this letter, he's known for having told Balabatim. Balabatim would come to Yusuf, you know, and seek his wisdom, his Musa guidance, and say, I want to learn more. I want to learn more. Rebbe, you know, I want to be a Tamil Chacham. I want to be a Tamil Chacham. I want to learn more. So I, 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 I push to have no time in my day. What, what, what exactly am I supposed to do? What's the Eitzah? You know, how did the Bali Musr guide me and advise me over here? I would love to be a Tamil Chacham. I, I simply have no time in my day. The response would always be, what are you doing on Shabbos? On Shabbos, you're not going to work. On Shabbos, you're not opening up that shop. On Shabbos, good, you know, so it's, Shabbos Hayim Lashem, you have to dive and you have to eat a Suda. But Shabbos is like 25, 26 hours long. What are you doing with the rest of your time on Shabbos? Sleeping. Sleeping. 
So Yisrael will say, you know, sleep a little bit more on Shabbos, sure, right? Um, for sure, but but um, when one takes all his extra time on Shabbos and puts it into sleep, you've squandered the Shabbos. About to take a nap, get up a little bit later in the morning. You can get up a little bit later in the morning and have your davening and have your suit and still have a nice chunk of time, whatever the season is. You know, in the summertime, you have a long Shabbos afternoon, plenty of time to take a nap and learn. In the wintertime, you have a long Friday night, finish your suda. Nobody needs to go to sleep at 8 p.m., right? 9 p.m. So instead of sitting down on the couch and taking out the Jewish press, says Rabbi Yisrael, sit down at your table and take out a chodesh. Yeah, so that's what he would always tell the Baal and that's what he writes down over here. In his michtav, sit down, take out a Baba Basra, take out a Katsais, whatever, whatever talks to you. Zog, Rabbi Yisrael Weiter. That's tshuva on the noise, on the etzim act of Bittel Torah. What about the nasu, which is again what it stirs up in terms of the kaychas ha-nefesh, the secondary side effects of the Avei. Rufi ha-nasu, oinish Bittel halimud ha-nitzrach lo-odam lo-maisa, im leida ba-atzim emizeh eich la-asois, oi leida al yedezeh eich lishol mikadol mimeno eich la-asois. The tshuva you have to do on the side effects of Bittel Torah is is amarat is is is, is uh, I've trained myself to be, you know, unknowledgeable, and to kind of in, to to be stumbling my way blindly through life, trying to to um, figure out, you know, uh, fumfering my way through real life halachic situations without proper knowledge, and uh, you know, the the having to hide my shame of not having developed that proper knowledge. And um, that's tshuva and the nasu, because the side effects of Bittu Torah is, again, is ignorance, is ignorance. And we try to paper over that ignorance, we try to whitewash that ignorance, and we just, ignorance begets ignorance, and um, we get ourselves further and further into the hole. So that's the tshuva and the nasu, is I have to figure out a plan, how to not be ignorant, or at a plan how to um, overcome my shame and, and ask, ask Shilas, Instead of not asking Shilas because I, I want to hide my ignorance. That's the Nasu. This is the, the side effects of Bittu Torah. This is how one does Shuvah on those side effects. Um, so again, Eich Leida Al Eich Lishol Migadol Mimenu, Eich Note how he says it so beautifully and poetically and poignantly. He says, You have to Shuvah again on the side effects, which is the ignorance that I have created within myself. Whether that means, he says, figuring out a plan, I gotta know the basics, you know, Taka, a plan, but combined with my impetus to take advantage of, of let's say, Shabbos and Friday night, Shabbos afternoon. So I see I'm very ignorant in Hilchah Shabbos, Hilchah's Muktzah. So you know what? Find that half hour that you have Friday night. Find that half hour that you have Shabbos morning. Everyone has time in between the meal and, and, and davening, davening in the Suda. Everyone has time to learn then. Everyone has time in the afternoon. Before Mincha, after Mincha, Freitag by Nacht. And, and figure out now in the Nasu, I, I'm, I'm ignorant when it comes to this topic, that topic, the other topic. Let me reach out and... Um, Combine the two of those together, say, good, I'd like to know these halachas better, and I have time on my hands Shabbos. I'll start learning Hilchas Bishal on Shabbos. I'll start learning Hilchas Moksa then. I'll start learning Hilchas Gezel then. That's Aleph. The one way to do tshuva on the Nasu is to take advantage of those, the downtime, the dead time, and have a real plan, a subject matter that I'm going to learn that I have to become more knowledgeable and to overcome my ignorance. And second of all, I have to have a plan. Listen to how he says it. 
to figure out how to make myself prepared and able to ask those who are more knowledgeable than me what to do. And here he's, he, he is referring to this inhibition that we're going to have. Prashun has already made it, made it, you know, a certain amount of way into his career uh, in, in, in Torah, in Yiddishkeit, and there's basic areas, where basic gaps in his knowledge that he has because of his neglect of Torah study. He's going to have inhibitions in asking Shilas. He's going to ask him on a Shiloh, and, and he's, he, I mean, he, he's going to have the following inhibition that's preventing him from asking Shilas because he's going to have a basic Shiloh, let's say, in the kitchen. Basic Vasa Vichol of Shiloh. Basic Kasha Shiloh. Basic Shabbat Shiloh. And he really doesn't know the answer. Again, due to neglect uh, of his own personal learning. And he's going to be thinking to himself, I call up the rabbi and ask him the Shiloh. The, what is he going to think? He's going to think, I, 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 such a Shiloh? You're asking such a Shiloh? How many years have you been from for? And you don't know the answer to that one? That's going to get in the way of doing tshuva on the nasu, on the side effects of neglect of Torah study. You know, how many years you've been, uh, you know, running a from kitchen to kosher kitchen for, and you don't know this. This is a shaila. How many? How long you been keeping Shabbos for? You don't know this. How do you not know this? Again, no one really says that. No one. Hopefully, you know, rabbanim when they get asked basic shailas, hopefully they, they they are wise enough not to say, like. Azoy Freckman, that, that kind of a shyly asking me. Um, they might think it. What? They might think it. They might think it. They might think it. But hopefully they will not articulate it because, um, you know, uh, if they do, then these, these, uh, they're not going to be getting very many um, repeat questions, repeat callers, and return visits, you know. But uh, generally, the, the, roof, the roof is not going to say such a thing. When he, even when he gets asked the basic Shiloh. Um, Reb Moshe famously gave everyone the time of day when they asked Reb Moshe ridiculous questions, right? Famous story, because famous story, famous story that uh, this lady called up Reb Moshe Feinstein and said, she told him, she said, Rabbi, I don't know what to do. He said, what's the matter? He probably asked him in Russian or Yiddish. Um, and uh, it was Alter Babushka, called up Reb Moshe Feinstein, <coughs> and she said, my cat, my no, cat nothing. was lapping up some, no, he ate a piece of meat, ate a piece of meat off the canter, and then I caught him lapping up some milk, drinking milk out of the dish. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Skin the cat. So this is what she asked Ramosha, and um, this is, this is, there's uh, different versions of how the story goes. Yeah. Different versions, either Ramosha told her, I'm afraid your cat is trafe. Um, <coughs> next time, be more careful. Or Ramosha told her, you know, but the evidence, your cat's not trafe, but next time, be more careful. Um, but he was very patient with her, and he gave her the time of day. And they asked Ramosha, you know, Vasketa, you've got a lot door, you have to, you're busy sending out shuvas to Gansa. And you give this woman, you know, you listen patiently the whole Shiloh with her cat, with the, with the bus and the chalav. He said, look, one day she may have a real Shiloh, serious Shiloh. And if I get impatient with her on the phone, I slam the phone down on her when she asks me dumb Shilohs about her cat. When she has a real Shiloh, she's not going to call me. So that Ramesha saw that as his responsibility. And really, Rabbanim generally, I, I believe, you know, do try to take such an approach. You know, uh, Maybe not Nurse Stroll. Maybe not if you get the uh, the Alter Yushalimers. I, I see the smile. Yeah. <laughs> so I've run into uh, I remember an hour twenty years in Nurse Stroll. 
the Yushalayim or Paiskim don't always have so much patience. That, that, that's true. Um, maybe for men. Um, I once had a, I mean, whatever. It's, it's, I don't know if it's a good, if it's a good example um, because I was, I, 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 there was, there was a big Yushalayim or Paisik, very Chosh of Paisik, fortunately not alive anymore. And he had hours for men and hours for women. And uh, when I was a, a fresh younger man, a newly fresh, newly married younger man, Mir Yeshiva, I had a very urgent Shiloh I had to ask him. And, uh, you know, I came at the very end, tail end of the men's hours. And there were, had a door for men to go in, a door for the women to go into a study. And I kind of pushed my way in through the men's door. And the, the doors to the women's side was already open. There's a woman waiting to come in. And I started, like, just asking the Shiloh. It was like a three-second Shiloh. And he started screaming at me. He said, Arois, Arois. The hour's over. I said, but it was a quick shot. Arois. He threw me out. Threw me out. He wouldn't, like, give me the time of day. And then on my way out, the woman come in. I heard him. It was totally different. I figured this, you know, old grumpy Yerushalmi, you know, he just doesn't, uh, he's, 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 uh, doesn't have patience for Yudin anymore. And, and, and it was, I heard on my way out, you know, the woman, stood, the woman sat down, and it was, uh, like, a d- different person. Totally different person. Very gentle and very soft-spoken, very patient and very calm. And a mamish like this switched uh, from uh, how he dealt with me to how he dealt with the, uh, the Yidna. Now, it could be, I don't know if it was a men and women kind of thing. I don't know if it was because I, was, I had the, uh, the chutzpah to try to push myself in after hours. It was a bit of a chutzpah. It was a bit of a chutzpah. What? All these ways do, yeah. But I was American. I, I wasn't Israeli. He didn't know was his mother-in-law. Yeah, I, I don't think so. It was a young woman. It was a young woman. It was an older yid. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I know that I'm all the usual line can, can be a little bit gruff. And def- definitely, if you're, if you're uh, pushing yourself in after hours. But, the Rabunim, the Rabunim, they're, they're very patient. The Rabunim, very patient. Nevertheless, uh, you know, an Amaritz, a guy who, who should be more knowledgeable, and it didn't make him so more knowledgeable, is certainly going to be schlepping around a lot of guilt, and he's going to feel very inhibited, getting back to Bissol over here. Um, <clears throat> he's going to feel very inhibited that, I, how can I ask the Shiloh? He's going to think I'm a, some, such an Amaretz, he's going to get upset with me. And Bissol is saying, that's another area you got to do tshuva on. Okay, coming back full circle after that nice little um, digression and excursion and trip to Eretz Yisrael. So coming back to Bissol, Rabbi Yisai, so shuva on the side effects of bittul Torah have to be done with um, with uh, me being prepared to ask Shilas. I got to be prepared to ask Shilas, and I have to get over my inhibitions of what's he going to think. I'm going to look dumb. I have to get be able to get over that because I have to compensate for my ignorance. Now, that's the nasu. That's the side effects. Um. Says Rabbi Sol Viter. Um, Rabbi Aaron, should we get snap a few? Should we get some footage of this? Or are you prepared to do that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to. So we're going to. Oh, but not uh, because you get, no, Yank and Tzvita said you're also. Oh, yeah. Maybe as I'm wrapping up. V'chein b'chol ha-Torah v'ha-mitzvah ze'ha-klal l'chol prat b'tol ha-Torah v'ha-mitzvah says Rabbi Sol, the same applies to all aspects of Torah, all mitzvahs. This is, he says this, and just listen to this, uh, uh, a, a um, poetic way of expressing this. This is the general rule for every detail. This is the cloud for all the pratim. Any aspect of, of uh, neglecting Torah study, 
uh, or neglecting mitzvah, should we, uh, should we get uh, Yankee Sujah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's coming, he's coming, great. Bidl Tara, I apologize, the apologies, everybody said this is Tzarech Yitzibor. Bidl Tara v'ha mitzvahs, being mavatel, Talmud Torah, being mavatel, any mitzvahs, im b'maisa, im b'sheva al tase, which, I'm, whether, whether I'm doing it, <laughs> purposefully, I didn't do it on purpose. Whether I'm doing it purposefully, or whether I'm, I, I, um, I'm sorry, in b'shev at in whether it's being done through a, 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 a an act of breaking the avera, a, um, a, uh, a fice water. Whether I'm doing it, whether I'm doing it um, actively, I'm actively breaking an avera. Actively doing something I'm not supposed to do, or b'shev al whether I'm doing it through uh, passivity, through a failure to do an avera, a person's going to be punished for transgressing him, transgressing it. And again, we have to; it has to break down to the noise and the nasu, the act of the avera itself, and the side effects of the avera, the secondary effects of the avera, by all aspects of kol tarikulo. And again, we have to look at this through all these multiple lenses that the Rebbe has now, by now, given us that we're accumulating. I have to look at the noise and I have to look at the nasu. I have to look at the act that I'm doing. I have to look at the side effects. I have to do tshuva on the act, figure out how to do tshuva on the act, and do tshuva on the side effects. And how do I decide to, to prioritize, to establish how am I going to do tshuva on the act, the noise and the nasu? I first have to figure out where... I am guilty of doing it in, in the easier places to overcome. He throws in the kalas and the kvedas that we had from the beginning of the michtav and michtav ches. What are the kalas and where the, what are the kvedas? Where is it? Where, where am I doing gezel routinely that would be so easy for me to stop? Where am I doing bittel Torah that it would be easy for me to convert into tamal Torah? Don't look for the harder areas. Don't look for the areas of bittel Torah where, you know, again, my projects, my plans. I wanted to finish Shas so many times by now. I wanted to go through so, so many swarms so many times by now. That's, that's the Kvedas. That, that's where I have more of a challenge. That's where I have a, a, a more difficult time. That's where I have a much rougher time over there. Don't look for there. Don't look for to do to do to do to do um, tshuva and Talmud Torah. That how come I'm not getting up to, to learn an hour before Vasikin and then Davin Vasikin? How come I'm not staying up till three a.m. like this Gadol? How come I'm not getting up at three a.m. like this Gadol? That's kvedas. That's a very difficult place to start doing tshuva. We have to look for the kalas. How come I'm not learning Friday night in the winter time? How come I'm not learning Shabbos afternoon in the summertime? How come I'm not learning in between the davening and the suda? How come I'm not learning Erev Shabbos in the summertime? When, when you have so many hours, Rabbi Yisai, on your hands. Erev Shabbos in the summertime. How come I'm not learning Maitzai Shabbos in the wintertime? That's the kalas. The areas where we have dead time Downtime. I have a half hour in the afternoon. I have a lunch break. They give me an hour for my lunch break. I don't need an hour for my lunch break. I need 15 minutes to eat lunch. And I have 45 minutes of golden time on my hands. Why am I spending those 45 minutes just, you know, on that device, just mindlessly swiping over here? To use this again. Why am I just like mindlessly swiping this device for 45 minutes when I have so much golden time on my hands and I could be converting that golden time? So again, this is the approach of Yisrael. This is the Mahalach of Yisrael. Um, we're not done with the Mikhtav yet, but we're done with this paragraph over here. And again, Tshuva, in summary, is about dynamic change, real change, real transformation. Real transformation is about knowing that I'm gonna, you know, not going to fall into the same place that I am currently in, and that requires 
identifying callous and kvedis easier and more difficult places to do shuva that, that requires identifying the action of the Aveira itself and the side effects of the Aveira, and you got to do tshuva on both. The action without the side effects, those side effects are going to come bursting out because I already created so much corruption within. If I didn't get rid of the side effects, all the internal baggage and the internal damage, and the side effects without the Aveira, I'm, I'm in this rut where I can't escape the Aveira itself. Okay? So that's that. We'll conclude over here. This is where we'll stop for today. This paragraph over here. So shkayich everyone for joining. Thank you very, very much. And Mir Hashem, tomorrow is Friday. We will continue. Tomorrow is our last day before Rosh Hashanah. We'll try to wrap up this Mikhtav. We have a few paragraphs left, but I think we can get to the end because this is a very, uh, this is a Rosh Hashanah Mikhtav over here. We'll try to wrap up Mir Hashem tomorrow. In the meantime, everyone have a wonderful today.